the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. With a reasonable answer for the hope that lies within us, this is Contending for the Faith with Dr. Jerry Buckner. We would invite you to join us for the next hour at 888-FORKFAX. That's 888-367-5329. And now, to introduce Dr. Jerry Buckner, here's Gary Bell. Well, good evening and welcome to another exciting edition of Contending for the Faith. With a cutting-edge Christian apologetic ministry addressing the issues and challenges facing today's church. And ladies and gentlemen, we are live tonight, live for the next hour, with your host, Bay Area pastor, lecturer, counselor, and expert on the cults, Dr. Jerry L. Buckner. My name is Gary Bell, and we're inviting you to call in with your questions, your comments, and your concerns. Our toll-free number is one 888 F-O-R-K-F-A-X, that's one 367 5329 Don't be shy. Pick up that phone. Let us know what's on your mind. Again, that number is one 888 Well, if you have been listening to Contending for the Faith over the last few months, you know we've been in a series entitled How to Stay in Tune with the Master Tuner. Well, tonight we begin a brand new series. But before we dive into that, let me ask you a question. In this social media landscape of YouTube, Facebook, TikTok, and Instagram, have you ever heard the expression, Reader's Digest Condensation? Well, for those of you who may or may not be aware, Reader's Digest is a monthly magazine with probably the largest circulation of any magazine in the world. It was first published in 1922, and, it's, and it, is, uh, it is known for taking articles of interest from other magazines and condensing them and cutting them down to give you the gist of what that article or articles are talking about. So tonight, we're going to be doing a Reader's Digest condensation and contrast of the book of Ephesians chapters one through six. And in this condensation and contrast, you will learn how to strengthen your Christian walk while understanding more about the enemy of our souls and how to defeat that enemy of our souls. For we are not pretending, we are contending for the faith. Dr. Buckner, how are you tonight? Brother Gary, I'm truly blessed, and thank you so much for that uplifting and challenging introduction. And we want to thank everybody out there in Radio Land for joining us for another edition of Contending for the Faith. I'm your host, Dr. Jerry L. Buckner, and we know you're going to be blessed by this new series. And so we want you to buckle up and be prepared with the full armor on, and we want you to get to a table with your pens and paper and notes, as well as your Bible, and just be prepared to be blessed by this tremendous series here. And so we're going to be doing a jet tour through uh, the book of Ephesians and just highlight some important points to get you excited so that when you do read uh, chapters one through six, you come to appreciate it a lot more uh, on that level. So uh, we are going to encourage you to realize from this uh, teaching tonight that we're going to be emphasizing uh, this Christian walk and an introduction to the book of Ephesians, an overview uh, or Reader's Digest condensation, as Brother Gary has shared, uh, to the book of Ephesians. Now, uh, when we look at chapters 1 through uh, five. If you do a study of these chapters, you can go to the word walk, and you'll find that the word walk is mentioned in every one of those chapters. Uh, 
uh, chapters one, the word walk is mentioned, two, three, four, five, and it doesn't appear uh, as so much the word walk in chapter six, but the Paul is assuming that the readers is going to continue that walk in the full armor of God. Oh, this is a tremendous book. Tremendous book that God inspired the Apostle Paul to give to uh, not only the church then, but today as well. So uh, when we uh, go into the book of Ephesians, I will get into uh, tonight uh, two C's. You want to make note of that, two C's. And uh, what are these two C's? And you'll see these, uh, the emphasis of these two C's being emphasized from chapters one through chapters six. Two C's, make a note of that. Uh, what is it showing? Even though the word, the word uh, in the sports, the C word is not there, the emphasis is there. So uh, throughout the chapters one through six, you're going to find uh, a contrast, not the first C, a contrast, and then you're going to find the second C, a conflict. Make note of that. That's so important. The first C, contrast, and then the second C, conflict. And the Bible is good at that, you know, from Genesis to Revelation, especially when you get into the New Testament. And oh, what a contrast, and oh, what a conflict. In the book of Ephesians, for chapters, chapter 5, Ephesians chapter 1 through chapter 5, we are dealing with the Christian walk and the conduct, behavior, attitude of the Christian walk without hypocrisy. This is the thing that the Holy Spirit is inspiring the Apostle Paul to write to the church, to walk this Christian walk without hypocrisy. Without The word hypocrisy is another word for acting, acting like you're something that you're really not. And there's a lot of people in our churches that are hypocrites. And the number one thing that made Jesus angry, righteously angry, was hypocrisy. And that's why he went at the religious leaders, because they were hypocrites. And you need to repent of that. If you're living a life of hypocrisy, you need to repent of that right now. In our Heavenly Father, Jesus' name, through our Heavenly Father, and you need to repent through Christ. In other words, they are not just talking, the Apostle Paul is not just talking about, in the book of Ephesians, the Christian walk, but he is telling the Christians to uh, live in that walk. And that's one of the reasons why Jesus, in Matthew chapter 7, he said, why call me Lord, Lord, and do not the things that I say? See, the Lord wants you to not only uh, say it, but live it. That's so important in our Christian daily walk. You know, you got to follow Jesus and submit to him as king, as, as Lord, and be loyal to that. And a lot of Christian folks and people who call themselves Christians in churches, they don't want to do that. They want to live their own life. They want to be king and ruler of their own lives. And Jesus said, uh, when you live that type of lifestyle, you cannot get into the kingdom of God because he said, only those who do the will of my father will enter the kingdom of God. And that's living under the Lordship, living under Christ as king and submit to him as king and ruler of your life. Now, now, but all of the sudden, make note of this, but all of the sudden, we start dealing with Ephesians chapter 6. See, Ephesians chapter 5 is getting into the, the Christian walk and the conduct, the behavior, and the attitude. That's what Paul is challenging them, and to live a life without hypocrisy. When you start to do that, and you're living a life in the Spirit, and in walking in the Spirit, and you're living a life of purity, 
and integrity. Then you're ready to be flushed into chapter six of Ephesians. You're ready for something to come upon your life that's powerful. Now, because if you're living a life of hypocrisy, you might as well forget about chapter six because you got to be right with chapters one through five in order to be right with chapter six. Now, so all of a sudden, we start dealing with Ephesians chapter six, and this is the Christian conflict. You notice what I said? We started off talking about two C's, right? Contrast. Now here's the other C, conflict. Because when you get into chapter six, you're dealing with this other C, which is conflict. And conflict with what? Conflict with hell itself, H-E-L-L -L itself in Ephesians chapter six. So in Ephesians chapter six, 10 through 18, what happens? Hell jumps right in your face. It jumps in the face of all of us, whether you're Christian or not Christian. And if you don't have the full armor on, you'll become a doomed casualty. With the full armor on, you'll become invincible in this spiritual warfare that we're dealing with today. So in chapter six, we're dealing with the, the, we're moving from the contrast to conflict and we're having conflict with hell jumping right in our fa face. And the big question is, what are you going to do about it? Because the apostle Paul, under the leadership of the Holy Spirit says, put on the whole armor of God because the evil day will come. What is the evil day? The evil day is conflict. There are going to be conflict in your personal life, dealing with the flesh. It's going to be conflict in dealing with the devil because he comes at all of us in the spiritual realm. The flesh comes at us in the inner realm and the world comes at us in the outer realm. And that's the evil day. That's the war and the conflict that's hitting us. And we see it all in our world today uh, from the White House, the church house, the ranch house, and those who have no house. Now, here in this is this breakdown of chapter six. Before we get into the Christian walk, uh, some more overview. Let me say this now. In Ephesians chapter one, we see what? We see and we learn about a tremendous and awesome power of God manifested in the heaven in the heavenly blessings coming down to the earth. So when you read chapters, chapter one of Ephesians, we're talking about heavenly blessings coming down when we are living that Christian walk. You will not be blessed unless you are walking that Christian walk and you're committed to that Christian walk, and you're faithful to that Christian walk, and you're loyal. And, and if you are, then heavenly blessings are going to come down. A lot of people say, I can't wait to get my blessings when I get to heaven. Shame on you. God is saying in Ephesians chapter 1 that he has blessings that he wants to pour down upon our lives. You're going through a spiritual uh, struggle, God says he wants to bless you with that. You're going through a physical uh, challenge. God wants to bless you with a heavenly blessing with that. You're going through a financial struggle. God wants to bless you with a heavenly blessing from above with your financial uh, struggles. Oh, this is a tremendous book. And a lot of us have never been taught like this. It's never been broke down to us like this. And I want you to, I want you to believe it, receive it, and achieve it. This is tremendous stuff. Now, I'm going to close on a few notes in a minute. Now, in, in Ephesians chapter 1, we get the power of God manifested. Now, notice here, this H, the heavenly. This is the first H, heavenly blessings coming down to the earth for those who are living a faithful life, they're Conduct, their behavior has been changed to be Christ-like. 
and heavenly blessings come down. So Ephesians chapter one begins and opens with heaven. It starts to open up with heaven and how God is pouring down blessings from heaven. But Ephesians chapter six, let me close on this note. In Ephesians chapter six, it ends with another H, which is hell. Ephesians chapter one begins with a heavenly H coming down from heaven. And then in Ephesians chapter six, we got hell, another H coming down with contrast into conflict. And so we need to understand this. But let me say this. The only way that you can uh, find victory in this warfare with the heavenly versus the 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 hell coming down and attacking us the only way that you can defeat this word hell is to stand in the armor of god from ephesians chapter 6 the word stand in ephesians chapter 6 is mentioned four times some christians say well i'm praying for victory i said stop it you don't pray for something that's already been won at the cross. What you do is you stand in what has already been won at the cross, and you stand in the armor, and then you have victory. Oh, what a tremendous teaching. Lord, speak to somebody right now. Touch them that they will start walking in this heavenly blessings, because if they don't, they're going to be walking in the hellish area that will defeat them and even destroy them. He that has an ear, let him hear what God is saying through the servant regarding this tremendous contrast and conflict. Brother Gary. Well, all right. It's time for us to take the commercial break. Our phone lines are open. We want to hear from you tonight. That number is 1-888-F-O-R-K-F-A-X. That's one 367 We'll be right back with more of Contending for the Faith. You're listening to Contending for the Faith on AM 1100 KFAX, the spirit of the bay. If you have questions about your faith in Christ, theology, doctrine, or the cults, call us now, 888-FOR-KFAX. That's 888-367-5329. Well, welcome back to Contending for the Faith with your host, Bay Area Pastor, Lecturer, Counselor, and Expert on the Cults, Dr. Jerry L. Buckner. I'm Gary Bell. Once again, our phone lines are open, and we want to hear from you tonight. That number is 1-888-F-O-R-K-F-A-X. That's one 367 Don't be shy. Pick that phone up right now and give us a call. We want to hear from you. If you have questions or comments for us, if you need prayer, we want to encourage you. Uh, call in. We'll pray with you. We always say prayer should be your first response, not your last resort. So prayer is in important. It's vital. It's what. It's how we communicate with God. We want to encourage you tonight. Give us a call if you have your questions. Once again, that number is one 888 And speaking of prayer, we want to thank all of you who have been praying for contending for the faith these many, many years. It's those prayers that keep us going. It's those prayers that keep us on the air. It's those prayers that keep us encouraged. And we can't thank you enough for all of those prayers. Keep sending them up. And also, we want to thank you uh, for your generosity, because this is a listener-supported ministry. And many, many, many of you have supported us over the years. Many of you have hit a home run for contending for the faith. You stepped up to the plate, and you didn't blink and hit that ball right out of the park in terms of your generosity. And we thank you so, so much. And we want to encourage you tonight. We uh, want to Make sure that the giving continues and the prayers continue. We need them both to happen in a consistent fashion so that we can continue to do the work that God has called us to do. And when you give, you're partnering with us that lives will be touched and changed for time and eternity that we are equipping people who are listening to this uh, to this broadcast. We always say if you're if you're not 
equipped, expect to get whipped. It's so important that you are able to give reasons and answers for your faith, that you know the word of God and that you know God. This is so important. So we want to encourage you tonight. There's two ways you can donate. You can address a check or money order to Contending for the Faith, P.O. Box 553, Tiburon, California, 94920. That's Contending for the Faith, Post Office Box 553, Tiburon is spelled T-I-B-U-R-O-N, California, 94920. Now, the second way is so much simpler. Simply go online to contendingfaith.org, contendingfaith.org and click on the donate button. You will be a blessing for time and eternity. God loves a cheerful giver. It is more blessed to give than to receive. So we want to encourage you tonight. Take that step and uh, continue to pray and take that step and swing that bat and hit a home run in terms of your giving for contending for the faith. Dr. Buckner, ready to go to the calls? Let's do that, Brother Gary. All right, we have Brother Rick on line one. Hey, Brother Rick, how you doing? How you there? Oh, yes, we're here. How you doing? Yeah, it's got a question. All right, a, it's on your heart. Part of the Jehovah Witnesses, one of the big challenges is reaching them for the Lord. They, they have been so programmed in their beliefs. How do we deal with this? Well, that's a good question, and your question really uh, is relative to uh, relevant to um, not only uh, the cults and Jehovah Witnesses, but to uh, people that are just lost in general. So, but when you talk about Jehovah Witnesses, uh, a lot of people uh, do say it's very hard to reach them. And uh, let me just uh, share with you. Uh, three primary reasons why this is. <clears throat> and, and again, this relates to everybody that doesn't know the Lord pretty much. But there are three primary reasons. And number one is unless the Holy Spirit, and Walter Martin used to say this all the time, my mentor, unless the Holy Spirit opens up their eyes and ears, um, you know, there never will uh come to know uh the lord jesus christ he has to penetrate them convict them of sin righteousness and judgment and they have to allow him to do that <clears throat> so especially uh when they have been brainwashed only the holy spirit can open up the eyes and uh ears of people that need to see the light of, of god that's kind of like similar to uh the two that were on the road of Emmaus, and, and it was not until the Lord opened up their eyes and their ears, they were able to understand then, see, so that's number one. Uh, number two, and, and let me get back to number one, so we need to pray that the Holy Spirit will be the one that will convict uh, a person of sin, righteousness, and judgment when we are witnessing, because uh, we can't do it on our own. And a lot of times we're, we leave the Holy Spirit out and we have no power, uh, ecstasy and, and, and dunamis power, uh, to see the Holy Spirit working in us to penetrate that brainwashing and all of that uh, stuff that they have been uh, falsely taught. Then number two, uh, like all cults, they listen more to the authority works of the hierarchy. Uh, so uh, the hierarchy, uh, authority of the hierarchy, and this is the third point, uh, gets in the way of the authority of Christ. And so when I say the word authority uh, of them, their authority is actually the Watchtower Bible and Tract Society. So listening to the leaders that started the movement, Charles Taze Russell, Judge Franklin Rutherford, Nathan Norrin, Frederick Franz, and people like that. Um, they listened to the authority of those leaders and the Watchtower Bible and Tract Society over the authority of Scripture. And, and Scripture needs to be dealt with alone, you know, because God has said it all in Christ. And that's why 
it tells us in Acts 4 and 12, neither is salvation in any other. There's no other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. And then uh, Jude 3, the half-brother of Jesus said, the faith has been once and for all delivered unto the saints. Once, not twice, not through other revelations that the cults always say, like Mormons, we got a revelation through Joseph Smith and Brigham Young, and then all the cults say we got this revelation here and there. No, God said it all in Christ. And then uh, Hebrews chapter 1 and verse 1 talks about how God in sundry times spoke it to the prophets in past time, but in these last days has spoken to us through Christ. So God has said it all in Jesus Christ, and the only way the Watchtower and Bible Tract Society and uh, any cult uh, and any religion that is controlled by authority of the church, you know, sometimes even the Roman Catholic Church can be uh, uh, controlled by the bishops and the popes, and th they have the authority sometimes to speak over scripture. And so we got to uh, be careful with all of this stuff, with the cultic mentality as well. So we have to pray that the Holy Spirit will speak to them, convict them, and then we have to also be prepared in knowing what we believe and knowing why, because in doing that, we'll be effective in giving answers around the deity of Christ, because that's the number one thing that separates all cults from Jesus Christ. From uh, Jesus Christ is they deny that Jesus Christ is God in in human form, and we see Thomas acknowledging him that that he was Lord. We see other people in the Bible doing it. Jesus calls himself the Great I Am. That's another term for him being God. And so uh, one other note that I would say as well, uh, the Jehovah Witnesses, they also uh, look at the New World Translation as the authority. And they look at that, even though they say that they believe in the, the Bible, they believe in the Bible insofar as it doesn't contradict the New World Translation. Now, uh, there is a tremendous book uh, that I recommend to all of the listening audience to get. It's called the Emphatic Dialog. It's like the Greek and English translation that the Jehovah Witnesses use. I got it at a kingdom hall a long time ago, and it's what they use. But that particular book of theirs agree more with the Bible than them. Thus, on one side of the Greek, it has a God, and in the English, it has with a little g, and then on the right side, it has God with a capital G. You can't have that type of, uh, uh, you know, confusion uh, and discombobulation with uh, God, because God is a God that doesn't contradict himself and say, I'm a, a God on one side, and then say with a little g, and then say, I'm God on with a capital G on the other side. And then uh, it, it needs to be rebuked with the fact that in Exodus 20, God says, Thou shalt have no other gods before me. God rebuked little gods and people having little gods. And they uh, have, in the New World Translation, they're so dishonest that what they've done, because none of them know Greek, they've been so dishonest that every uh, word in our translations and the translations today that says that Jesus is God, even John 1 and 1, they substitute and put a God, a little g. And God makes it very clear. If you add or take away from this book, God will take away your part. You know, so uh, God means what he says here. Uh, Gary, you want to add one additional thing to this before we uh, get some prayer requests from uh, Brother Rick? I would just say simply that, you know, it is a cult and there there is cultic mentality at work. There are things that they do to control their members. They threaten them with this fellowship. They will tell them not to talk to anybody else. A lot of times if they, they find out they're talking to Christian folks or they're, they're getting serious answers for different things, they will uh, try to uh, basically um, 
strong arm them to stay away from that. Otherwise you'll be put out. And they have been very masterful at creating these uh, relationships and um, getting folks wrapped into, you know, this cultic mentality and controlling them to such a degree that they're often um, really concerned that they'll lose all of that. They'll lose all their family. They'll lose their friends. They lose all these things. If they, if they even think about uh, leaving. So it's but when we're dealing with them, I would say, please remember to pray as you are witnessing that the Holy Spirit will take hold and open their eyes where the enemy has blinded them. You know, we have to ask ourselves, why are we talking to these people? Is it to win an argument or is it to win a soul? And so we have to really be sensitive that God may have put this person in our path to plant a seed, to water it so that God can give the increase and that we need to really have some genuine concern for this lost person. Amen. So well said, Brother Gary. Uh, Brother Rick, hopefully that's helped you out. Brother Rick, are you there? Maybe we lost Brother Rick. Okay. One more time, Brother Rick, are you there? Can you hear us? Well, hopefully he was able to hear us uh, sharing uh, what we shared. Uh, Brother Gary, let's lift our brother up in prayer. Yes, Lord, we just lift up Brother Rick. We know he's got a lot of health challenges right now, including COVID. And we pray, Lord God, for his healing. We pray that you would protect his body, his lungs, his system, everything, Lord God. And, and restore him, Lord God, heal his body, be with him and encourage him and help him through this season. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All, All right. right. We have uh, Jermaine next on line Brother, two. Brother Jermaine, how are you doing? No, I'm doing pretty good. Oh, good, good. Good to hear your voice. And what's on your heart, my brother? Well, I just uh, wanted to talk about the Bible's, uh, as I could say, not, I guess I could say, not non-emphasis on demonology, because uh, I see a lot of, uh, I guess, these deliverance ministries where it seems to be a heavy focus on deliverance and demons. And you know, I was having a discussion with a brother who he believes we should know the intricacies of the demon world. And I, I just said, well, I think the Bible's intentionally vague for a purpose and, and, uh, you know, gospel and the Christ seems to supersede all of that. So if you're doing the right thing, you know, it's like you have your protection, but he just kind of saw it a different way. But I, I noticed that people like that, they tend to gravitate towards those ministries. And I just wanted to hear you guys' thoughts about it. Right. Yeah, that's so true. Yeah. There, there is a, a real big movement, uh, towards, uh, deliverance ministries and, even though I believe in deliverance, uh, I believe that uh, a lot of the ways that uh, ch some churches are defining it is uh, a redefinition because deliverance is something that is something that happens over a gradual time. Even though we uh, pray uh, for that, it happens over a period of time. And when the deliverance ministry is saying, you know what, uh, if you do what we tell you to do, be baptized and in and, and, and Jesus' name, some of them say, and then speak in tongues and get filled with the Holy Spirit, uh, you will be delivered from this and you won't have to worry about it uh, anymore. And, uh, and then the emphasis seems to be a lot upon uh, demonism more so than Christ. And uh, Jesus and the apostles didn't spend all of their time uh, talking about demonism. It came up once in a while, but when it, it did come up, they confronted it and defeated it by the power of God, by prayer, by the name of Jesus, by the power of the Holy Spirit. But they spent their time emphasizing uh, Christ over the enemy. And I think what's happening today is that a lot of the stuff that they're doing in these deliverance ministries 
is giving more uh, homage to Satan uh, and demons than they are to Christ. And Christ is, is what would duke us up on that if he was here. He would say, you know, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And he would be saying, emphasize me. And that's what uh, we, we do in our ministry. That's what we do on Contending for the Faith. Uh, if somebody calls in and they feel like they're demon-possessed or been attacked by Satan, and we're going to do everything we can to encourage them, minister to them. But our emphasis is not going to be upon, you know, demonism, but it's going to be upon Christ and his power. Because mm -hmm. even, even, even when it comes to the armor of God, what, what, what did Paul do uh, in Ephesians 6? Uh, he didn't spend uh, all of his time talking about uh, Satan. He spent most of the time talking about what to do in overcoming the enemy. Is that, you know, you put on the full armor of God, all these pieces, and you do that, you become invincible. But when we start to give more attention to the enemy and we start to redefine deliverance, uh, I think we're going to go down a path that God doesn't want us to go to. And and I think the devil sometimes sits back and, and he laughs because he says, I got them distracted from the main purpose. And the main purpose should be us preaching the gospel. The main purpose should be the Holy Spirit is the one that convicts of sin, righteousness, and judgment. And when John wrote about that, he said, it's the Holy Spirit that convicts of sin, righteousness, and judgment. He didn't start talking about demonism and all of that stuff. He just said, Holy Spirit is the one that convicts of sin, righteousness, and judgment. And then you get into a church and you become accountable. And then you start to walk in the spirit and the arm of God. And then you're going to be all right. But, yes, start, but you know, we, need, we need to take a quick break. Uh, okay. Let's hold that, put a pin in that and hold your thought. We need to take a commercial break. Our phone lines are open, and we do want to hear from you. That number is 1-888-F-O-R-K-F-A-X. That's 1-888-367-5329. We'll be right back with more of Contending for the Faith. Don't go away. You're listening to Contending for the Faith on AM 1100 KFAX, the spirit of the bay. If you have questions about your faith in Christ, theology, doctrine, or the cults, call us now, 888-FOR-KFAX. That's 888-367-5329. Well, welcome back to Contending for the Faith with your host, Bay Area Pastor, lecturer, counselor, and expert on the cults, Dr. Jerry L. Buckner. I'm Gary Bell. Once again, our phone lines are open. We want to hear from you. That number is 1-888-F-O-R-K-F-A-X. That's one 367 5329 So don't be shy. Give us a call. If you have questions or comments, if you need prayer, we want to pray with you. And once again, we want to thank all of you who have been praying for this ministry. And we also want to thank those of you who have generously contributed financially to this ministry over the years. It's so important. It helps us in so many ways to keep the lights on, to keep the ministry going, and to keep giving reasons and answers for faith. So we want to encourage you tonight, continue to pray, be consistent in your prayers for us, as well as be consistent in giving. There's two ways you can donate. You can simply address a check or money order to Contending for the Faith, P.O. Box 553, Tiburon, California, 94920. That's Contending for the Faith. Post Office Box 553, Tiburon, California, 94920. Of course, second way is so much simpler. Just go on to our website, contendingfaith.org. That's contendingfaith.org. Click on the donate button and you will be a blessing for time and eternity. All right, let's get back to our caller, Jermaine. Brother Jermaine, you still there? Yes, I am. All right. Well, hopefully some of the things I shared with you has given you a little additional insight. Um, and uh, we just have to continue to pray for people that are being, uh, you know, swayed away from the main emphasis, uh, which should be Christ. And, you know, he said, if I be lifted up, I will draw all men to me. 
uh, not demons lifted up. And what we, uh, what I've noticed too, and a lot of the people that are involved with some of these deliverance ministries, a lot of them have not been discipled, you know, and they are doing a lot of stuff out of ignorance. And that's why it's so important for us to disciple people so they don't get caught up into a whole bunch of foolishness. So uh, what you do is continue to teach them the word of God and teach them what the apostles did and what the early church did. They spent their time uh, lifting up Jesus and he was the one that was doing the deliverance. Uh, he was the one that was convicting through the Holy Spirit. He said, I'll send the Holy Spirit to comfort him and I'll send, and he will convict the world of sin, righteousness, judgment. That's deliverance. That's that's true deliverance. When you get convicted of sin, you know, you don't have to go through some type of extra stuff in a deliverance ministry uh, and then get sidetracked and then all this additional foolish stuff that they add to that. Uh, Gary, you want to add anything to that? I think you said it well, Dr. Buckner. I think our focus is needs to be on you know, Jesus said, go and make disciples. Yes. And it's, I think it's a, a, a dangerous thing to fool around with uh, the diabolical. You know, it, if God, for whatever reasons, allows that to come into your sphere of influence, then I'll, I think you need to be prepared. And we know what the scripture says. Uh, Greater is he who is in us than he who is in the world. And that is in, the power is in the name of Jesus. We understand all of that, but we don't go looking for that stuff. I think that's a you know a dangerous kind of situation. If you ask me, um, God didn't call me to look, look for demons under every bush or every person that comes along, or every negative situation is uh, is demonic entities behind it. Um, we need to keep our focus, as you mentioned, and has so eloquently put on lifting up Jesus, that he'd be lifted up, all men would be drawn to him. So that's the focus. Uh, we don't want to be afraid of the enemy because God has equipped us. And I think that's uh, really critical that we're back in Ephesians talking about being equipped so that, uh, you know, God didn't leave us defenseless. And we have the, the ecstasy of the authority that he's given us, but that's, to me, that's not the, the, the focus of the church necessarily or something uh, we want to create a whole, you know, movement behind, in my opinion. Right. And you, and you just uh, thank you, Brother Gary. And you just kind of tell them, let them know, Jermaine, just uh, where is that? The stuff that you guys are doing, where where is that in the teachings of Jesus and Everything shuts down with that, and the apostles. Even though they confronted demonism when it came, but it was uh, not something that was everyday thing. They were always just preaching the gospel, letting the Holy Spirit move, and people were convicted, and they were turning to Christ, and they discipled them, and then they were off to the races of Christ. So hopefully that helps out Brother Jermaine, and and that's giving you some additional uh ammunition to use. Oh, yeah, I think uh, it was uh, very biblically sound and, and uh, Christ-centered, so thank you. Thank you so much. We appreciate always your good questions as well. God bless you, brother, and your family. God bless. All right. So, Dr. Buckner, we had Brother Alfred call in earlier, and he had several questions that he wants to take off the air. The first question is, does God hear a sinner pray? That is a very good question. We'll uh, take it one by one. Uh, and I just have to say, uh, with that first question, does God hear a sinner's prayer? Uh, a lot of people have used that word, uh, does, uh, that sentence, does God hear a sinner's prayer? And what um, I always add to that, I would say that God doesn't hear a sinner's prayer but God hears a repentant sinner's prayer. In other words, the sinner has to repent of their sins. And uh, because the Bible tells us all of sin and come short 
of the glory of God, Romans 3 and 23. And so God hears a repentance in his prayer. Repentance means, comes from the Greek word montanoye, and it, it's a military word. It means an about face. It means you turn from something to something. And what God does, he gives a change of heart, change of mind, a change of thought, change of will, and a change of direction. That's what God does. And so, what the first question is, uh, no, God doesn't hear a sinner's prayer, but a repentance in his prayer. If you're, if you're uh, praying and you're a sinner, and you don't confess your sins and repent, God is not going to hear that prayer. So that's the first question. Now, what's the second one, Brother Gary? Second question is one that is well-known and quite controversial. Can you lose your salvation? That is another good question, and there's a lot of debate around mm -hmm. this from uh, various uh, theologians. Uh, some of them say that you can lose your salvation. Others say you can't lose your salvation. And then others say that uh, you can uh, have it for a little while, but you can lose it. Now, let's look at not what the theologians say. Let's look at what the Word of God says, what the Bible says itself. And I'm just going to give you one major key answer to this, and that is um, the words that God used through uh, the New Testament church, and that's eternal life. Now, it says in, in John 3 and 16, that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Now, if God gives you everlasting life, eternal life, how can you lose that? Uh, you can't lose something that's eternal, you know, and that's very important for me to say, but also add to that uh, John 10. Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice and they follow me, and I give unto them eternal life, and no one will pluck them out of my hand. So Jesus also confirms that nobody can pluck them out of his hands. So we need to understand that from the Word of God. Now, what if a person, this is the exception, what if a person is constantly sinning and they uh, sin in pleasure and repent in haste? Well, you have to say maybe they never was really saved because a genuine believer is going to be like the prodigal son. They're going to come home and they're going to be with their father in repentance and a change of life. And that's the fruit of a changed person. And that's eternal life. All right. Let's get to what we have. One more question, right? One more question. And that is, did God or did Satan destroy Sodom and Gomorrah? Uh, that's a very good question as well. Well, uh, the answer to that question is found in Genesis 19. Uh, and this is talking about uh, when Sodom and Gomorrah was destroyed. So in Genesis 19, uh, you find that in verse 24, it says, Then the Lord rained upon Sodom and Gomorrah brimstone and fire from the Lord out of heaven. So it doesn't say a demon did it or uh, Satan. It says the Lord, in, in uh, Genesis 19 and 24, the Lord rained upon Sodom and Gomorrah brimstone and fire. So it was God. It was the Lord that did it. And we give credit to, to, to him for being the one that uh, destroyed it. So hopefully that helped uh, Alfred with uh, the three questions that uh, you shared, uh, that you asked for. All right, Brother Gary, I'm going to turn it over to you and so you can knock a home run in the name of Jesus. All right. Well, we've come to the end of tonight's exciting broadcast, and we would like to thank Vince, our engineer, who always does an amazing and incredible job. We certainly miss him when he's 
away from time to time. And uh, we don't want to uh, cast aspersions on anybody that takes his place, but there's just nobody like Vince. And we, we would just, uh, I just want to take a minute to, to validate his work and, and what he brings to our ministry and to this program is so important. So we thank you, Vince. And we want to thank you, our listening audience, for being part of tonight's program. It's important for us to hear from you. Your letters and cards are an encouragement to us. So please drop us a note and let us know how this program has blessed you. You can reach us at Contending for the Faith, Post Office Box 553, Tiburon, California, 94920. Please keep us in your prayers until next time when we once again give you the opportunity to ask questions, make comments, and dialogue with Dr. Buckner always with one purpose in mind, to equip, exhort, and better enable you to contend for the faith. I'm Gary Bell. May God richly bless you. General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.